Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Open your hearts, loosen your butts, it's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shifts and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets, so feeling on your new jubu, they gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. Real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Just moments ago. <laughs> moments ago before we said, In fact, the reason we're recording this intro at the moment we're recording this is so that we make it look to our dear son, Squee, that we have moved on to greener pastures. That we have no interest in him. That we have no interest in him. We're not interested. We tried to medicate him. And what happened was Naomi grabbed him. I had the, it's it's a liquid medication. You squirt it right into his mouth. But you have to like kind of like uh, burrito him into a blanket first so that he can't claw you. Yeah. So. And um, this is this is the thing. So I pick him up and he's already like, uh-uh, what's happening? Something's uh-huh. amiss. Then he sees the syringe in Andy's hand. And he said, oh, no, thank you. This cat has, you know, Squee's going through it, but you know, we have high hopes for our son. But the point is, honey, Squee is slender. He is lithe. He is twisty. He's like Michael B. Jordan and Creed. He was not slender or lithe. He was literally buff and jacked and hitting people. Squee is more, Squee is giving us ballerina, okay? He is twisting. No matter how you tie him up in the blanket, he manages to get one long leg out. Immediately uses that to scale the couch. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's where we're trying to do this. Point being, honey, he twisted around. He got me in, in my boob with his claw. All right, he got furious. me in my neck because he was f- climbing up. Furious. And no, then you touch my wife's breasts. Absolutely. And then he did. And then he managed to jump up again, scale the couch jump to the ground that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go around one side. Andy, you go around the other side because he's coming your way. Squeak up over Andy way. Cut to Andy running after Squeak down the hallway. Squeak going directly into the bedroom and under the bed from where he cannot be retrieved. And you, of course, were making fun of me because I was, <laughs> it was so running funny, with, y'all. With, with, you know, very small steps. 
it was a small step run and then it was also when squee because i didn't realize the bedroom door was open slash it didn't seem to matter because squee had been laying there so peacefully which is why we decided to medicate him and so and i thought okay we got him this can't go wrong and you guys, what it was, Andy, like, literally padding down the hall like the copper tone baby. And then he goes, no! <laughs> he realizes the door is open <laughs> and he's making a run right under the bed. Look, this is the thing. Look, if there's a small animal near your feet that you don't want to cry, you can't, like, Usain Bolt it and just, like, go, like, running yes. down like you're doing a big old marathon or whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> really good. Yep, you're very, you're very active. You can't do it like you're running up. You're doing a big old marathon. I get it, babe. I get it, babe. But like, it's you. You can't. You don't want to crush your your boy beneath your feet. Yes, exactly. You don't. You want don't want to crush your boy. You don't want to crush your boy. So now he's under the bed because he said, "Fuck them." So now what we have to do is go about our business. Uh-huh. Don't go under there. Don't try to lure him out. Pretend like he doesn't exist. Yes. And then hopefully within an hour he'll slink out he like will, the little weasel he is. He'll slink out like the little weasel he is. We will then grab him again and give him the medication. Shutting the door first so that he can't he run can't into run the away. bedroom and under the bed. Yeah. Yeah. You got uh, it. Fool us once. Fool us once. Look, Squeeze going through. You guys, he had an endoscopy. Okay. Our poor baby had a biopsy endoscopy. We're going through <laughs> it with our elder children. It's hard having elder children, but we're staying positive. I know. That's what I. And we're taking every Book step of Mormon necessary. Says. That is what the Book of Mormon says. Yeah, there was a character named Elder Children. No. <laughs> you see how he just cracked himself up? You see how that really got him? Yeah, we have, uh, we have an see, e- he's so gotten. You hear Mabel in the background playing with a toy, because the moment we get to the mic, she goes, oh, I'm going to get into it. I know. We, can't, we don't have a fucking moment's peace in this household. How do you do it with children? <laughs> With animals, it's already fucking like not a moment where you you have a moment to yourself. Like, how do yeah. you do it with children? Well, it's particularly because our two children, you know, Mabel and Squee, are particularly bossy. You know, Primbley was always the mellow one yeah. who liked to be close, and <laughs> Squee and Mabel are rude. They're true girl they, bosses. They they they, steal, they they demand your constant attention. You cannot rest. You must be actively staring at them and petting them at all times. Do you remember last episode, I was talking about how I, I take a Benadryl sometimes yes. to, to fall asleep? Yes, yes, yes. We got a, we got a number of messages yeah, number. about that, and I'm going to read one of them. I don't know if they want their yeah. handle read, but... Yeah, you don't need to read the handle. I love your podcast, and just listen to the one with Laura Kay, Laura Kylinger, who I also love. On that episode, Andy spoke about his Benadryl use. <laughs> Come so, on, don't... Yeah, yeah don't. You really, you're really high, but his Benadryl yeah. use? Come on. Taking half a dosage? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, taking Call. a kid's doses of, of Benadryl, you know, once a day. I don't know if that's exactly the same thing as, like, doing eight lines of Coke in the Viper Room bathroom. I wouldn't call it abuse. I also used to take a Benadryl every night for years. However, I'm also an epidemiologist, and okay. I've seen some new research. This, a number of people wrote about this new research that is pretty convincing linking bee use with dementia. Bee use. That's what I need my bees. I need my bee. You got any bees? Buzz, buzz, bees? buzz. Give me my bees, baby. <laughs> Give me my bees so I can get some Z's. Several studies replicated these findings. Okay, so peer reviewed, uh, replicated science. Uh, it's tough to argue with that. I stopped using bee and now use melatonin. 
At first, I thought melatonin was bullshit, but started with 10 milligrams and worked my way down to three. I found that wasn't as groggy in the morning once I switched to. Good luck. I know insomnia is a bitch, so you got to do what you got to do. I don't really have insomnia, but what happens is that I'll wake up 10 times a night. Yeah. And if I if I don't have something in my system, I'm the anxiety's flooding immediately. And I started thinking about things. And so with one of those things, it's just like this little bridge that carries me mm. from like one bit of yeah. of wakefulness, you know. One yes. of- it's a bridge over troubled water. I <laughs> understand. You don't have to explain to me. Um, I just take issue with, okay, you're an epidemiologist. Mm-hmm. You listen to this podcast. Why aren't you coming into our DMs with every all the information we need to know about whether we're being exposed to COVID on a daily basis, how many risks we're taking, how effective is our mask in a space when no one else is masked. I need your help, epidemiologist. You don't open the gateway. You want to tell me about B. I'm about to come into your DMs and be like, okay, so I was in this place and I was the only person masked up, but everybody else was in mask. What do you think the likelihood is if I also use my Anovit? Okay, it's going to go both ways. It's going to go both ways, epidemiologist. Yeah. Andy, we got access to an epidemiologist? We have a Novid, a portable air purifier, and an N95. We, can I get say, my hair done? Can I? Can we <laughs> go to the fucking movies? Can I go to the grocery store? You got to tell me, epidemiologist. Because right now we're living the life of the Unabomber, minus the bombs. <laughs> In the woods. <laughs> but, you know, anywho. anywho. Thank you. So, yes, Andy, look, Andy's laying off the B. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna stop his B use. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take a bee last night and I, I was sweating on the couch. A baby was crawling on the ceiling above me. I, I know. Uh, losing my mind. Struggling. Uh, Naomi, I believe we have a contest going on. Well, absolutely we do. Do you want to tell the listeners about that contest? Absolutely I do. We have a contest going on now. Anyone who leaves a five-star review along with their worst wedding story either their own wedding a wedding they attended tell us what happened did the groom pull a runaway did the mother of the bride get too drunk and hit somebody did the officiant get a boner on stage on stage (laughs) stage absolutely absolutely on stage whatever you've got you bring it to us and one winner one lucky chosen winner will receive the only couples therapy branded butt plug in existence. Okay, because we did get a prototype made as we were looking to make these items and you know, the person they could they couldn't scale up the operation. We're still looking. Don't worry. Guess we're guess still what? looking. However, a this listener is- a listener did write in and say that they design merch for porn companies. And they pointed us in the direction of someone that might be able to manufacture these nails. Okay. All right. So we're on it. But you know what? Until then there's this this one this one beautiful butt plug <laughs> in a white velvet pouch. And we said, someone's going to have it. We're not using it. <laughs> okay. Someone's going to have it. So um, you just got like a couple more weeks. So give us the five-star review. Okay. Because that's how you help the show. And then give us a real good wedding story. Because that brings us joy. What we love about this is that <laughs> we could read them here in the intros. Because they're so fun here. Do, Naomi, do you want to read this one? Absolutely. Okay. This was about 20 years ago, but the guy I was dating at the time invited me to go to his brother's wedding. Everything was going well until a small argument started between two guests who were part of the family. A couple family members went to try and quiet and or help stop the argument, but that didn't go well at all. 
it quickly turned into an all-out brawl in the back of the venue. Young and old included. It was bad. <laughs> Wigs were being snatched off heads. Oh, my God. The best way I could describe the mayhem was how dogs and cats are depicted fighting in cartoons. Just a random arm or leg appearing and disappearing <laughs> into the sea of family members fighting. I just remember the bride sitting on the floor in the middle of the dance floor crying and screaming, oh, Not no. in my way! Oh, no. The next day, my date called me and told me how disappointed in me he was that I didn't try to help stop the fight. Anyway, that relationship did not last, but the memory of that wedding sure has. <laughs> Why would you have to stop the fight? This ain't your family. No. This was his brother's wedding. Yeah. He disappointed in you for not getting in there? Uh-uh. About to lose an eye and lose a wig over somebody else's mess? <laughs> Absolutely not. That is insane. <laughs> would you rather lose an eye or a wig, Naomi? But this is also the second one we've had where someone's like a giant fight broke out. People <laughs> had to break it up. See? How is this happening? I don't see fights on a normal day. Walking around, this is the, you know what, honey? People, this is the problem because uh, people love making a wedding about them a wedding that they're just in attendance or they're in the bridal party. Somehow it's about them, and then they start drinking early. That's what I think ah. the two things is it's, it's a self centeredness and a drunkenness. And next thing you know, you're fighting like cats and dogs, fighting like uh, pig pens, scribbles, and peanuts. Yep, <laughs> like pig pens, scribbles, and peanuts. You know how when you say that together, it don't sound, it sound like nonsense. <laughs> That's why I had to just repeat it. But I understand Pigpen is the character, <laughs> solid, and then his little scribbles, reference. his scribbles, solid reference, his little stinky lines, and Peanuts is the name of the cartoon. So like <laughs> Pigpen scribbles and Peanuts. Okay, I just got to step it out. See, you're never going to know if I have dementia or not. I un- I know it. Just going to be walking around going, like, uh, Pigman's pe- scribbles and peanuts. And, and I'll be like, like, doctor, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know there was a decline. He was saying this. He was saying stuff like this when he was utterly rational. How was I supposed to know something snapped in his neurons? Oh, my gosh. Um, Before we get to the episode, I just want to thank everybody in the Patreon who joined me last Sunday uh, for my half hour of stand-up, trying to put some new bits together, work some stuff out, see what's of a piece. Y'all were wonderful. Over 100 of you came through, and I did keep it up for a couple days because I noticed as I was you know, on the Zoom performing, I saw other people trying to get into the room, and I didn't realize that, one, I didn't know how so many of you would show up, but that also, you know, we would, we would go over our 100-person limit and that there was a 100-person limit. So it might be, but it was up so you could catch it. Yeah, people loved it. And yeah, if you're in the Patreon, um, there were some very nice comments. Um, I was so appreciative. One person said, Naomi was on fire. So glad I woke up at midnight to watch this live ride from here in Germany. Ooh. Hello, International Page. Guten Abend. Thank you for donating the euros to the cause. <laughs> Someone else said, very tender. This warmed my heart. Thanks so much again for doing this. This was so much fun for me. So enjoyable. A real bright spot. I don't get to go out and do things with my chronic illness, so this was extra special. I hope it was helpful for you as well and would love more to come. Yes, it was helpful. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. This is the thing that's like, you know... Uh, it takes a while for any comedian to come up with half an hour of material. So it's not something I can do on a monthly basis if it's brand new. Um, but I do think um, this did inspire me. You know, Andy and I will maybe come back on and do another, like, kind of back the quarantine, maybe Twitch show we were doing, maybe a version of that for the page or something like that. Um, Q&A. So we'll t- Those are yeah, fun. Yeah, Q&A, fun. I mean, I'll, you know, Naomi hates rant. You know, I'll always bring back a rant opportunity. Maybe we put five minutes on the clock and I just talk about whatever's working my nerve. Um, my Minerva McGonagall. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, 
that's all I want to say. Thank you so, so much. If you were part of the Patreon and you check that out, if you want to join the Patreon, you always can. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes of just me and Andy. Imagine the joy of an introduction for 45 minutes <laughs> with a lot of tea. Uh, like, yeah. a, you know what? It's like a scrib- a dirt scribble from... No, I d- I, I'm shaking my head. Pig fed. Patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. Stop turning them off, Andrew. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to. Just imagine 45 <laughs> minutes of those references twice a month. <laughs> and then also the fun little extra goodies. And so... Yeah, that's it. Now, I think it's time to get to our guest, because yeah. our guest is wonderful. This is great. Our guest is, you've already heard her dulcet tones, Lauren Ashley Smith. Mm. Lauren Ashley Smith is a writer on Strike. She has written for so many shows. She's also the co-host of the Sirius XM show, Smith Sisters Live, on Radio Andy, channel 102, Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, Okay. Lauren, her sister Mariah, her sister Rachel, they're giving you pop culture, they're giving you housewives, they're giving you everything. All right? And that's every weekday on Radio Andy on Sirius XM. So you're welcome for that, as well as this episode. From Radio Andy to Podcast Andy. Roll it. Lauren, you are married, and you've been married a while. But I know you are younger than both of us. I need to know, like, how, when you and your now wife met and how it was like, Mm -hmm. now we're going to be married. By the way, now wife for eight years. I know, like, long time wife. Yeah, wait, what year is it? It is about to be eight years. Wow. I was like, oh, in my mind, it's still five, but you're right. (laughs) It's going to be eight years and, like a couple weeks. Um, So we met when uh, we both lived in New York. My wife's from New York. And did you guys ever live in New York? Oh, yeah. She's from from New York. And yeah, that's where our love began. So you're aware of the, probably, I don't know if it still exists, but Time Out New York, the magazine. Mm -hmm. Yes. So around Valentine's Day, now 13 and a half years ago, um, we were both in the singles issue of Time Out New York. Oh, I remember that. Yes. And so we both, like, got our picture taken. Yeah. We both, like, put in, like, you know, your age, your job, your mm-hmm. hobbies, blah, 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 whatever. I had put on there that I was interested in men and women. And then at the last minute, I emailed and I said, can you take women off of it? Like, oh. I'm not out at work. I'm certainly oh. not coming out in what looks like a co- coupon out? booklet. Yeah, I'm right. not doing that. Um, I'm not actually going to meet somebody, so this is very silly to do. And they're like, sure, no problem. So- Wait, Lauren, can I, a- can I ask, how did you even get involved in being part of the singles? Oh, yeah, I always issue? wonder how that happens. Yes. <laughs> My friend, Lauren Lapkus, had a friend yes. who was in it the year prior. And I guess when you're in it, they then ask you the next year, like, do you know anybody who wants to be in it? And so that information made its way to her, and she was like, you should do this. Okay, okay. And then what went through your head where you're like, yeah, I should do this? <laughs> I was like, neat jerk reaction, impulsively like, okay, yeah, sure. And then as I thought about it, after I'd sent the first email being like, I'll be in it, blah, blah, blah. They sent an email saying, by X date, confirm or send back whatever. I let the deadline go by because I actually had second thoughts. I was like, this mm-hmm. is really embarrassing. Like, I really actually don't want to do this. And as I was thinking to myself, haha, I got one over on them. Like, <laughs> I missed the deadline. My phone, like, m- gave me a notification that they emailed to be like, Lauren, we're waiting to hear from you about blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, damn it. 
They got me. <laughs> um, so I, I did actually submit, but I really did not want to. Okay. What was the war? Hold on. Let's 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 okay, pick this wow. apart. Okay, Andy. Wow, you're really unpacking. <laughs> well, because this is an origin story, so you've told the story before, and I want to get into the details, the like micro psychological details. <laughs> because you said you didn't want to do it, you let the the thing pass. If you really didn't want to do it, you would have either ignored that other email or you would have been like you know what uh i don't know if this is for me so what 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 was the like actual kind of feeling inside you where you're like ah you know what what the fuck of course our favorite podcast what the fuck yes (laughs) that was um I, I truly don't know what came over me, but I think in that moment when I had the thought that I was like, got him, and the notification went off at the same time, it felt so like, you know, coincidental. Like it was just so, what are the chances that I would have? I was not even thinking about it. I was watching TV or something on my couch. The chances that I would have that thought as they reached out to me again, I was like, well, now I have to do it because it seems like it they, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. You're feeling some universe action in yes. it. It felt a little, okay, now. What year again was this? 2010. 2010. So probably watching on TV, maybe Friday Night Lights. <laughs> maybe. Excellent guess. Honestly, probably Friday Night Lights. But, but I do wonder with this idea, though, because sometimes I feel like we use – we meaning people can use this sort of like universe thing when we're almost afraid to take an action and we kind of, but we kind of want it to be taken for us. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the interpretation of, you know what, maybe I should, because you're waffling, obviously. Right. You've been waffling this whole time. And then you were kind of like, okay, there's something now. My question, how long had you been single around this time? Were you at a point where you were like, Oh, I do want to be in a relationship. Is there a little bit of that at play? I mean, I was, 24 so I wasn't feeling like oh gosh like the pressure's on yeah I was not honestly a big dater because I grew up um very religious and stuff so like I wasn't really allowed to date till I was 16 and then usually I was in spaces primarily white spaces where I wasn't like seen as like yeah no one's checking for us no one's checking checking. for you exactly you know um even though I was a baddie but I wasn't (laughs) white so it didn't matter yeah 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 Um, yeah So I just hadn't had, I had a couple of dating experiences and like had dated people like casually, but I didn't, hadn't had a serious relationship. So I wasn't like, oh gosh, like I need to get back into something. Like I really did not care. How, I was going to say how religious, what denomination I want to know first. Baptist. Okay. Okay. See, now we have to, now let's, cause we got to still stay on the girlfriend now. Why? Because that's, trust me, I'm unpacking that. My love, I've got an asterisk. In my head. I know where we are. Because the wedding photos look like the family's on board. You know what I mean? And yes. I've seen the tributes to everyone loving on this interracial queer love. So I, so I was like, <laughs> I got to know how we got there. But, um, but. What is the, what's the, what is baptism? <laughs> I know what a baptism is. Sorry. I was trying to think of like, of how do you turn that Baptist into a, what is, what's the big thing? On, like, because when you said really religious, I just assumed like evangelical or fundamentalist. Yeah, and like, Is that in the same universe? I would say by really religious, I mean like regular, not super fundamentalist. And I would say that I think in my opinion, most Baptist churches are evangelical, but not evangelical in the way that people 
think when they hear that word. Like, I think of white people and, like, you know, our God is an awesome God type stuff <laughs> when uh, I hear evangelical. But that was the goal. The goal is to recruit more people into yeah. the army of Christ. So, um, but by that, I mean that, like, my dad's fa- my dad's father was a pastor. My dad had four siblings. And three of them are also ministers and pastors. Wow. And my dad was the minister of music. So it was, like, church on Sunday um, Bible study on Wednesday, choir rehearsal on Thursday, something youth, whatever on Friday, yeah. choir rehearsal again on Saturday, repeat. So it was uh-huh. just like a yeah. lot of hours long. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah Anyone yeah, yeah. hang out with Creflo Dollar? <laughs> no, thank God. But I definitely saw him on TV a lot. Like, yeah. a lot. Okay. 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 So now we're coming from this, which is which now. No, no. Take away women. Take away women. Don't put that on. Don't put that on the profile. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not putting the out and time out. So no. we're respecting <laughs> that. And so, but then <laughs> time in. But then, but then I went to go get my picture taken for the spread, and I had on a cute yellow top from H and M, a skirt from um, Express. I yeah, was really honey, we're twenty four. That's twenty four yes. in a nutshell. H and M. We're Express. living. Okay, I probably had on. I think I probably took off a statement necklace, but I, it was a touch and go situation. Um, so I took my picture, and then I changed into. All blue sweats because I had to work overnight. I was working at VH1 in their news and pop culture division over, mm. over, like at the time. And the American Idol finale was happening in L.A. So I had to stay at oh. work overnight. God and so I changed into that. Wait, what and was your then, actual job? Like, what did you do? Like, are you you're blogging? I was, um, it, right? a segment producer. So I would, oh. like, basically get footage from the red carpet from L.A., watch all the footage, and then come up with what the news story was, pick the... Um, like the clips and stuff, write the voiceover, and then either do the voiceover or have a producer do it, and then it would be on the air in the morning. Isn't it amazing what VH1 would let a young person do on a permalance basis? Because that's a lot of responsibility at 24. (laughs) Couldn't get my teeth cleaned, but could... Could be in the edit overnight. Right. I'm like, good Lord. That's a lot. Okay, so you're in your blue sweats, ready to work overnight American Idol. Yes, and I'm filling out my release for the photo. And as I'm sitting there, the doors of the Time Out New York offices fly open. And in walks my (laughs) wife. Half of her head is shaved. She's wearing a leopard print dress. And I saw her and I was like, that person 100% lives on the Lower East Side. And that person is 100% too much for me and anyone. Like, I was like, she's so Really? I was like, that is the type of person I simply don't interact with in New York by design. (laughs) And she saw me and she was like, that person wore sweats to a photo shoot. So we didn't speak, but we saw each other. And then they had a party for all of us, like maybe a week later. And this was like February 8th, I think. And, um... I was at the bar with a friend that I brought to the party. My wife walked by me at the bar and she goes, I remember you from the photo shoot Ah!" and kept walking. And my friend was like, who was that? It was like some extra lady from the photo shoot. Like she's so much. Um, but then I'm sitting there minding my business with my friend, drinking the free Stella Artois beers they were giving out. Of course. And, um, my wife was talking to the editor of the spread and the editor said at the last minute, a lot of people changed who they were interested in. And my wife uh. said, point them out. <laughs> That's so, this is so funny because, you know, maybe the context in which I've interacted with her, she's very mellow. Yeah. You know, oh, she's, yeah. I mean, obviously she's giving us hair, colors, outfits, but she's like the personality is mellow feels so, chill yeah so i can't imagine and her. that is not her at all that's her um on good <laughs> behavior like her being like being like i i'm trying i'm not trying to make waves. she is a very 
outgoing, out there person. Oh, okay. Tell her the next time we see her to much. make waves. Yeah, tell her to yeah. make waves. Tell her to we yell. Love waves. Tell us, let's start I'm, a, I'm, a screamy, I'm a screamy man. Yeah, let's talk shit and start a fight with yeah. someone. I w- <laughs> I will. I will make sure she does that because that is that's how she is. So that's how she exists in the world. So she said, point them out. The person pointed me out and my wife was like, cool, came over and started talking to me. Mm-hmm. And she invited me and my friend to get dinner um, at the hotel bar because we were at we we're at the hotel at the Tom bar or a hotel or something. But she invited us to go to the restaurant at the hotel for dinner. And I was like, I don't have hotel restaurant money. Right. Thank you, VH1. <laughs> wait, um, so wait no. hold on. You were a segment producer. <laughs> that should be big bucks. I know Hollywood, right? Yeah, I was just mismanaging all of the $1 I was being paid. Yeah. Um, and so I said no, but then we kept talking. We really hit it off. She worked at BET at the time, and I was like, "This I white lady works her. at BET. I can't what with the her? hell? She's always been down with the culture. Always." And so <laughs> then she invited us to another location. We went to the bar, and there was this like gorgeous, tall lesbian with long locks like this black woman behind the bar and when we walked in she goes hey Brooke to my wife I said how do you know her what what is going on Um, I just thought she was so cool we really hit it off we kissed at the bar and then she gave me her number and we like rode up in a cab together she went to back to the Upper East Side and went to Harlem and um, she found me on Facebook that night she did. She appeared next to me. Appeared next to you. <laughs> yes. Like my friend went to go to the bathroom. I watched my friend to my right. And when I turned back to my left, my wife had moved from across from me to right next to me. I uh, see. Now I almost need to pull her into this because I'm dying <laughs> to know if she was like this bitch over here saying she don't like women. <laughs> to tell her about herself yeah. we gonna go to a secondary location and i'm gonna tell her about herself i always go to I, a second location exactly always means i mean it, i that must she saw it just reading all over me a hundred percent and so so <laughs> she just went in for it and i was like oh wow okay cool this is great and so she found me on Facebook that night, which my name is so generic. Yeah. I don't know how many Lauren Ashley Smiths and Lauren Smiths and Ashley Smiths she had to go through, but she <laughs> found me and she sent me a message saying, you got my number, but I didn't get yours. I want you to know I really like you and I'm serious. Wow. Wow. Now, that's you guys are, is she, she's like, you, you guys are the same age, right? Or close to? Mm-hmm. She's one year older than me. So say, okay. So she's really self-possessed and going yes. after it at 25. Yes. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, so we had our first date like on February 13th or something and have been together since then. And did you have any drama around? But but I said I wasn't interested in women. You know, like your internal drama. Um, No, because that was purely optics. Like that was oh, just I've... purely like I didn't want that little pink icon on my picture in perpetuity. Uh-huh. So now I uh-huh. still have the magazine. It just has like a little, you know, blue man symbol on it, which is so <laughs> humiliating. <laughs> Oh, I love seeing that uh, blue man symbol group. <laughs> blue man symbol group is my favorite. They're so Wait, good. So, okay, you said you had dated before. Had you dated women before? I had dated um, mostly men and like one or two, two women. Yeah. And did the religion play into any of that? Like growing up religious. Do you know what I mean? I guess I sort of like, did it hold you back at all? On one hand, I would love to say, I think that 
what I was being told or what I was seeing, I interpreted it and internalized it and that held me back. But as far as like my household was concerned, like my dad sat me and my two sisters down when we were little and said like one or more of you might be gay and that's totally great. Like, Oh wait, really? He was very like affirming and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it was only by the context clues I was getting from people that maybe weren't in my family or that what I was seeing on TV and stuff that I was like, I don't think it actually is great to be gay. <laughs> like I th- I was like, something's telling me that this might not be the the first choice, but that's really it. It wasn't like somebody yeah. at home being like, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. No one was reading Mark 417. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one was cracking know, open like, Leviticus. Yeah. There has to be a Mark 417. Oh, no, I'm sure there is. I'm like, going to look mm-hmm. it up while you... Okay, while well, you look up Mark 417, and we neither of us care um <laughs> at 24 you know i and i say this because like andy and i got together when i was 26 because we've always yeah. been 13 years but i always say it's like how did you mark 417 oh, and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word immediately they fall away amen okay. that my friends is mark 417 <laughs> amen <laughs> i always because i remember just in the early year and a half maybe even two no, we always said how like tumultuous our first year was because you know i was like i only knew how to uh, show interest through drama mm-hmm. but in general that feeling of like very friday night light season two uh-huh Ooh. absolutely but like did you ever have that feeling of like i'm too young to be in a serious relationship or like i don't know like because i hadn't dated a lot i was like am i settling down too fast you know what i mean did you ever have that at all You know, that's a really good question. I didn't, and I'm not entirely sure why, to be honest. I think it just felt like so like the right relationship to be in. And I was like, so as you know, the Facebook message that Brooke sent me was so straightforward. Like everything in our relationship was like just so straightforward that I didn't feel like, oh, like if we move in together, like, oh, that's it. Like I just kind of was like, well, if it doesn't work out, it, it probably will work out, but if it doesn't, it's no big deal. Mm. And um, why not? Like, why would I, I feel like I cut the line, you know? I was like, I just mm. got to get to the part where I met the person that I really love and not have to, like, date around in New York forever. Like, that. Well, certainly. That'll break you. That'll break yeah. you. You know, you got out early. You got out early because you said these streets are vicious. <laughs> these streets mm-hmm. are cold. But at the same time, though, when you this is what I just pinged at when you when you said, if it doesn't work out, that'll be fine. And I'm like, wait, what? It will. But then I remembered you grew up in a happy home where you were affirmed. <laughs> the three, you, you like had a, sa- a sense of inherent safety. Yes. <laughs> no. Andy, why are you laughing? You're funny. I was like, I was like that because I was like, my wife, the professional state of comedian is very funny. Well, very hilarious. Say, Who knew? But you know, but do you know what I mean? Like, I think I was like, maybe like. I don't know. That's what I'm seeing at play. It's like, you right? Like, this relationship is like, okay, you're like, I love this person. It's good. But it, you don't have this sense of, like, if we're not together, I will be alone forever. Oh, no, I'll be fine. I love being alone. Like, I, I <laughs> truly, like, and she's the same way. Like, that was very clear. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I need a relationship or this relationship. It's I want to be in it, and that's mm-hmm. why we're both happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was the longest relationship you had been in prior? Probably like three months. Oh wow! Like short. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. So you, it really like leveled up, I guess. Yes. It escalated mm. so quickly. Yes. Right, right, right. And now, is there anything you kind of learned in the process of just being in a long-term relationship, period, sort of about yourself? Because you are saying like, you know, you're very comfortable being alone. I, you know, I was an only child. I'm very used to being by myself. And I think I've learned to adjust to, bo- like, obviously wanting someone around, but then uh. also not wanting someone around. Yeah. It's a constant dialectic between that, between... I just kind of want to isolate, but also I love this person, want to be around them. And so you just have to like, yeah, ping pong. You know, you have to figure out the uh, contradiction. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. You have to solve the contradiction. I have a question about that because, Andy, do you have siblings? I have a sister, yeah. Okay. I, because I think about this a lot, and then I'll get back to your question. Um, I'm an oldest child, and my wife is the youngest. And so. I notice things like when we go home to like her family's house or whatever, the dynamic, I'm like, we're just like sitting there, like not helping and stuff because like, (laughs) and I'm like sitting there like, is this okay? Like (laughs) what's going on? And so I've had, we both had to learn how to navigate. And then when she, she is basically has to become a big sister by force. Um, so like she's taking people to the airport and stuff, stuff she never wanted to do um, because I'm the oldest of my family. And so I think that that is interesting when you have that like birth order only versus having siblings thing to kind of have to navigate. Yeah. I'm well, the expectations think. that people have mm-hmm. of you, right? Like as a result of those, but like, yeah, you and your sisters are very close. So, you know, I'm assuming you didn't, like you said, you like to be alone, but you're also very used to having people around. Yes, exactly. So it doesn't feel, yeah, it doesn't feel claustrophobic. Can you wall yourself off? Is that, you know, I've learned through my life. So Naomi can be watching something and I'm sitting there reading and she's like, aren't you bothered by me watching Murdoch mysteries or whatever? And I'm just like, no, no, I just t- kind of tuned it out. Like there's noise. I, I understand there's noise going on, but I'm sitting here in my own little world. I'm not that way. I get very, I like noise pollution. I'm like. I can hear your phone in the next room. And I'm like, can you not be on TikTok while I'm um, outside? Like, I'm that sensitive. Um, but I do think one thing I did learn about myself was, like, how much I liked living with somebody else that I was in love with. I didn't think that. I thought it was going to be, like, having a roommate, which would be, like, you know, p- merely pleasant or something. But I loved, like, living with my wife and, like, um doing things like home things together, just like really boring stuff. I had no idea that I would like that. Mm-hmm. Like what? 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 I mean, everything's boring, but <laughs> like I'm talking about like we you couldn't take me off the cliff of excitement when we got like an alpha shelving system in our bathroom <laughs> in New York. Like that was like my main excitement for about a month. Oh, oh I get it. We got a, a bigger shoe rack. Outside that door you see behind you, that fits all of our shoes. And Incredible. So, and I was like, oh, man, uh, uh, just rubbing my hands together <laughs> as if I just, like, won the million-dollar lotto. Absolutely. Million dollars is nothing these days, by the way. <laughs> we live in Hollywood. We know. Oh, thank goodness. You're a mess. Do you ever have coffee and then just feel tired, more tired? Sorry. Because, yeah. like, I started my cup, and I just really am like... I don't know if it did what I wanted it to do. It, it's be- like taking from you even. Yeah. Yes, because they're like, because I'm, I don't enjoy the taste. So I'm only mm. having coffee for caffeine. And sometimes when I have coffee, and it could just be the coffee at this place around the corner is a little weak. I like it when it feels like it's method by veins. I no. like feeling it take oh like I like I can yeah. feel it washing over like the yes. synapses on my in my brain like I need that feeling. Yes, I want to oh. feel like Bradley Cooper Limitless. Yes, so, like give me like ninety minutes to two hours where I am in 
peak form. Huh. Yes. I think someone was smoking meth outside our house yesterday. Really? Oh, how come? I just realized there was uh, a gentleman when I went to take Mabel out for a walk. Uh, there was a gentleman sitting on the stairs. And he's like, hey, is it okay if I sit here? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. Right? You're not ha- harming anyone. Uh, and uh, as I walked past him, he was smoking something in a little pipe. And I thought it was pot. <laughs> and now when you just said that, I realized I didn't smell pot. So... There's not uh-huh. a lot of stuff you can smoke in a little pipe that, uh, yeah, that, little cramp, yeah, that doesn't have a scent. Yeah, yeah the vibe, you know, the neighborhood's really changed. The neighborhood's <laughs> changed around us. The vibe is um, at times unsafe. Okay. It's, but it's I, giving Harlem in the 80s. Yeah, it's like wow. I literally feel like I moved to L.A. and the quality diminished, okay? Because wow. I grew up in actual Harlem in the 80s. And then it, by the time I left, it was Red Rooster Harlem. Yes. And I said, okay, we'll take it. Now I'm here. And literally, it was like, right. we need to lock the hose out back because a man has been naked and washing on, on the hose during the lock day. Lock the hose? And it was like, oh. Yes. Oh, you've heard our favorite podcast, WTF. <laughs> we had to lock, lock the hose. Our, our neighbor was like, we got to lock the hose because he's like naked outside. And like, he his 80-year-old mother who lives with him where it's like, this is not, she's Ooh. getting scared. So we got to lock the hose up and. It was like, okay, the dynamic is changing. Yeah, dystopia is real fun. Lauren, how are you, how are you and Brooke navigating uh, the descent into dystopia? Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's so chill. It's interesting because <laughs> this is... <laughs> I never thought... I, you know, like when you get with somebody, you get married, you know, like you date somebody. And we've been together for a long time as of you, right? I still had never spent as much time as we spent together during the COVID lockdown. Yeah. As in my life. I've never spent that much time with another person except for maybe my parents when I was like one. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so to discover that like, oh my gosh, I'm surprised there was no day where I was like, tired of her or Mm. like I was like wow I really picked right because I really enjoy this person even when we are the only people the other person sees for a solid year like that's crazy yeah 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 yeah. no definitely I think I uh that's beautiful and I love that for your love but I need him I need to step away (laughs) I need to step away (laughs) and it's not but it's like not it's not in favor of another person I'm stepping away because like I want to be by myself I think the same what you're saying about kind of like you know when you're like oh hearing your phone in the other room or something like that or something I talk about on stage is how like there was one point in lockdown where I sneezed I was on the couch and I sneezed and Andy was in the kitchen he said bless you and I got so mad because it just felt like I can't do nothing without being heard like (laughs) so funny and so real (laughs) and it was like that but it's like it's not like it's not necessarily Andy specifically as much as what it is to have a person around absolutely and I I think that one I got lucky because Right before that, Brooke and I had lived apart for about eight months because I moved to L.A. for a job. And mm-hmm. so I was only seeing her like once a month or twice a month or something. So we had a backlog of like yes. goodwill built up for those <laughs> moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for sure, like I definitely have I don't know what it is about. Maybe I'm just overextended or whatever. But like <laughs> I now I'm in a, a phase where like I love being around her all the time. But I think because like. I'm so stressed out. It's like with the strikes and like overextended with like other projects, things like that, that I sometimes I have to carve out in the week time that I do exactly what I want, how I want it. 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. Whether it's like literally like, well, I want to take, if I'll say like, for example, I'm going to take a walk and she'll be like, oh, I want to take a walk too. Can we go at three o'clock? I'm like, no, 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 no. Part of my mental health requires that if I want to take a walk, I'm going right now. Yes. And if you can't come, I'm so sorry. But like, Mm -hmm. I have to do one thing that I have control over today, even if that means like, we can take another walk at three, but the walk that I'm talking about (laughs) has to be taken right now. Yes, yes, yes. I totally, yes. I totally understand that. Yeah. By the way, when you say other projects, you mean scabbing, correct? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Just 100%, just fully just scabbing away. Yeah. Just hanging out scabbing. We are taping. This is the hundredth day. Yeah, we're taping taping. On day, on day 100 wild. strike. Wild. I, I gotta say, I am galvanized more. Every day that the AMPTP says something fucked up, it makes me even more galvanized to see them destroyed. I, so. I have no fatigue with, like, I have no moment where I'm like, oh, like, maybe we... No. Like, I... Yeah. My, yep. right, my feeling and the righteousness of the the... I won't even call them the demands because demands makes them seem unreasonable. But, mm-hmm. like, the um, bargaining points are just so spot on and necessary and have to happen that I'm just yep. like, let's go. I yep. know. I know. Well, it's, it's just... It's funny because I think that, you know, in so many ways... I feel grateful, if anything, that this is happening at this time where people can be more interconnected and talk about it. Like when you think about previous strikes, you know, I could see how there would be a lot more infighting and factions because an article could come out Mm -hmm. and then you were just kind of left to have side conversations with people as you saw them. Whereas now something come out within 30 minutes. It's like the Twitter thread drop with all the actual. Yeah. With the T, the the research, the like, let the record show. And then you're like, oh, okay, so that's what it really is. And now I'm not, you know, peer reviewed research. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) This is why the AMPTP is fucked. So it's like, okay, but um, and wait, I want to ask something else. Yes. Oh, I want to go back to mental health stuff because obviously the, 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 the two rails of this podcast, relationships and mental health. Absolutely. Are, the two rails. Yeah, the two rails. So are you a therapy person? Have you ever been a therapy person? What is your relationship with therapy? I, okay, so I had never really been a therapy person. I had, like, done, like, some therapy and counseling after a car accident when I was in college. Mm. And I, like, to kind of process that. And then I hadn't done it really as an adult at all. And then after my dad died in 2021, I was like, I need a therapist. I need somebody to talk to about this. And so I've been in therapy since then. And I'm so grateful and glad that I did it. I wish I had done it sooner. Like I, when there wasn't something quote unquote wrong or to address, Mm -hmm. like I wish that I had just even having a second set of eyes is so important. And, um, yeah, I love therapy. My therapist, I also really firmly believe that, um, I really love therapists that are, uh, licensed social workers. I think that they make Mm -hmm. the best therapists because they're a little less like standoffish, Mm -hmm. um and clinical and um yeah i've done i do therapy i in my part of my therapy because of my ptsd from the car accident i do emdr which is Mm -hmm. has been really helpful um yeah i i love it and how is the rest of like do your sisters also do therapy what i think Mm -hmm. of the question because i think of you guys as such a unit you know obviously between like doing your shows and, you know, um, seeing you in public entrenchment in the Bravo universe, um, yeah. <laughs> as it seems like a family affair. Um, 
sort of, I guess, and I think the only child in me doesn't, I'm always just like, what is it like to have somebody around who you can talk to all the time? But I'm like, are you, like, who's kind of your go-to? Like, you have therapy now, and that's really good. But then, like, who's your go-to when, like, you're like, I want to talk something out? Is it immediately your wife? Is it one of your sisters? Do you pick somebody outside of the inner circle who you can really unload on? It depends. It usually is my wife slash my sisters. Like, and by my sisters, I usually mean both of them at the same time. Like, whether it's on a group chat or a FaceTime um, I'll, I'll be like, let's get the room together. Like we need, <laughs> like, hey, we got to get the, uh, the war room going. What's, what's going on. And that's kind of just how we have always functioned. Like, uh, with our parents, like when we were kids, like we were always together all the time. And like our parents really couldn't ever really afford babysitters. So like we went to work with them often and my dad was a professor and stuff. So we're just with each other all the time, talking about everything together all the time. Mm-hmm. So that has, um, evolved as adults into like a lot of group FaceTimes between me and my sisters or me, my sisters, my sister-in-law and my wife all being like, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? So usually they're the people I go to. And then I have a couple friends that, because I feel like, you know, my sisters are adults. They're very smart. They're very wise, resourceful people, but I still, there's like a percentage of me that as like an older sibling, I don't have like a higher up. I don't have a supervisor basically aside from my mom. And if I don't want to stress her out, I have a couple friends that I kind of have put in that position of like (laughs) being my older sister, even though like we're pretty much the same age, but that I will allow to older sibling me in a way Mm -hmm. that I sometimes will be a little bit more hesitant to coming from my sisters. Wait, what do you mean you allow them to older sibling? I'm the oldest sibling, so I don't know what that relationship is like. What do you mean you let them older sibling you? Like, for me, like, whenever, sometimes my sisters will be like, oh, should I do do X, Y, and Z? I'll be like, don't do that. Stop. Like, (laughs) move on. Like, not even entertain it. I will, uh, there are certain friends where I'll be like, oh, should I, you know, they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'll just let, I'll take whatever they say is like, at face value. I'm like, they're yes. right. hundred percent. You'll let them tell you what to do. You'll yes. let them tell you what to do and not kind of balk in it. Hey, yes. Erica, my sister, if you're listening to this, <laughs> this is, you should listen. I, if I tell you not to do something, this is what? apparently what the relationship should be like. <laughs> yes. Just FYI. Well, that, I was going to say, like, that's the whole thing. I was like, Andy and his sister, they were not, they did not have that dynamic. No. And the, you know, the Beckermans don't really talk to each other. Well, we were anyway, all anyway. very repressed. Yeah, nobody was talking to each other anyway. So there was no, yeah, there was no like, uh, what should I do? And then, right? You there weren't was bringing like, it to the family. Yes. You weren't bringing it. To the it was family. just yeah. more like pleasant conversation about whatever TV we had watched recently, and then silence. <laughs> My wife's family is kind of like that too. Like, for example, we could be having the craziest day. Like a couple months ago, my wife was stung by a bee and her whole foot got so swollen. We had to go to the emergency room. Okay. And the later that day she was texting her brother and I assumed she was telling him that I was just in the ER and no, they were talking about steak. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I said, why didn't you tell him? She goes, it didn't come up. I said, yeah, you bring it up. You say, hey, I was at the hospital. <laughs> I, I don't get it, but that it's, it's, it, they are, they're different than us. In the middle of having like emergency heart surgery, she's like, so what do you think about Outback versus Sizzle? Yes. <laughs> where is she from? Like, where are they geographically? New York City. 
Oh, New York, New York, New York, New York. Not like I would have expected. Not like that. Albany. That's the Isle like, of I would Manhattan. Have talk because I, I do. I always feel like as a New Yorker. Um, because you are constantly being confronted with other people, whether you want to or not, right? Like the moment you leave your house, it's just like, if I'm going to be on public transportation, if I'm going to walk down the street, I'm going to be faced with somebody's shit that mm-hmm. is out of pocket at some point in my day. So reaction and like anger feels very easy to access to me mm-hmm. for that very reason. So like, especially if something, if I've been wrong. Wait, sorry. Did you say anger is easy to access for you? <laughs> <laughs> not the Naomi I know. <laughs> It just feels like it's so, like, it's the first thing I would tell someone. Wait, like, I would immediately be like, this bee can I, tried to take my foot. Can I and try it would just to? be the easiest, the first and only thing I tried to take my foot. Can I try to square the circle? Square it. Square it. Solve the contradiction. Uh, where did Brooke go to high school? She went to boarding school. Oh, there we go. That's the there. I was That's in my head. I was like, where did she go to Dalton? Which one of these? Because yes, if, she went to Ethel Walker. Uh huh. Okay. New York, Naomi. Yep. You're right. Your you're New right. York, even when though you did go to Dalton, your New York uh, is different from the wealthy white New York. Mm. Of course. Of course it is. I know that. And I was the just kind visiting. of like. They made sure I, I like, knew I was just those, visiting. Those gossip girl people. I'm aware. <laughs> I, I know. Those gossip girl people are too chatty. They are more, uh, uh, the, the wealthy white New York is more like Simon Rich. Buttoned down. Who went to my high school, you mean? Yes. It's <laughs> like, uh-huh. Buttoned down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to keep it quiet because, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anger is repressed and then mm-hmm. comes out. Okay, so the boarding school—that's where it all comes, comes out as as love for Lauren Michaels. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you know, however you. I mean, he's him. a repressed individual too. Like, oh, what's sure. going on with him? Sure, I was like, how are you in charge of a comedic institution when you have no personality and no joy? No joy. It's like I'm very unsettled by it. I'm also very unsettled in general by quiet Caucasians. <laughs> When a white person is quiet, like socially, I'd be like, what are you planning? Are you taking notes? Like, I don't like the vibe. Are you imagining uh, uh, going home to uh, wash your hood? Quiet Caucasians. Hood. hood. I, I get it, Auntie. I get it. Auntie. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, when we come back, we'll have George Clooney okay, and the no. musical stylings of Maroon 5. Nope. Now, okay, Lord, now that we've gotten a good background, are you ready to answer some people's relationship questions? Yes. They need us. They need us. Okay. You guys, you do it. You're better at it. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when (laughs) we get back, we're going to answer your advice questions. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for 
for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And we're back with Lauren Ashley Smith here to help you handle your scandal, honey. Lauren out here being in love, being told she was enough from an early age, and engaging with mental health professionals. She's ready. She's going to tell us about ourselves at some point, I yes. bet. So yeah. <laughs> quickly, what was your dad a professor of? Um, American studies. Oh, interesting. Oh. Interesting. Teaching Zen? What do we teach? Um, what was he teaching? He was he focused a lot on um, African American literature, so like a lot of James Baldwin, a lot Love of Toni it. Morrison, Love it. Um, a lot of uh, diaspora based writings, and then also had a very strong interest in black funeral practices too, mm. um, and like how religion kind of played into Love it, it too. Love it. We get questions from all over, from Instagram, Twitter, Gmail. Voicemail is, of course, our favorite. Naomi, what is that number? 323-524-7839. Now, what I tell y'all every time, three-minute limit. You better start that email, I mean, start that voicemail, which pronouns with the log line, okay? Because you be giving me the backstory, and then you don't even get to the question. And then I got to kind of retrofit. I got to retrofit. So you got to keep it right and tight at three minutes. All right. Here we go. Hey, Andy and Naomi. Uh, listen to your pod every single Tuesday morning on the drive to work. Um, hello, guests. I probably love you. Okay. Um, my question is, I have a really, really bad relationship with my mother-in-law. And I have this bad relationship with my mother-in-law strictly because of her relationship with my husband, comma, her son. Um, she looks at my husband as a person who needs to play the role of husband for her because her current husband, um, my husband's father, doesn't treat her as a wife. So my husband technically needs to act a role where he gives love, attention, affection, all of that that a partner needs to essentially two people. Um, and it is ruining our relationship as actual husband and wife um, because his mother does not appreciate who I am, um, does not value the things that I value, does not listen to me um, with things in respect to um, my husband and my son. And um, basically what I'm saying is, who needs to go to therapy here? Do my husband and I need to? Does 
my mother-in-law and myself need to? Does my <laughs> husband and his mom need to? Do all three of us need to? Where is the the start of therapy needing to start? Um, the belittles me in my appearance. Um, she does not gift um, to me during the holidays, which I know is small, but like the act of caring enough for somebody to get them a gift um, doesn't happen. Where I told her to please do not take my infant into the pool because um, I want to be the person that teaches him how to swim. Um, but I got a picture of my son um, naked in a pool with no floaties from her, and she claimed that she forgot. So, yeah. Let me know. Okay. Wow. Oh, that was like, like, <laughs> like most of the way through, I'm just like, uh huh, uh huh. And then it seems like <laughs> a bunch of. Bunch of well, bombs what, got dropped. Well, that's why it's funny because my first thing I was like, I need specific examples because I can't mm-hmm. be, I can't kind of be clear on what the pro, what the behavioral problem is on her part. But then at the very end, it was like, yeah. oh, okay, let's <laughs> hear let's, the hits. Yeah, it's right. Let, let's here. start, Lauren. What is your relationship with your mother-in-law? Um, okay, it's kind of we don't really have a relationship like um um this caller because my wife and her mom have limited contact. So I don't really have like mm-hmm. a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. Like I see her maybe once every two years or something and it's like fine, but we don't, it's not like the relationship my wife has with my mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And um, we don't really, I don't really have a relationship with Andy's mom. Like we like, like yeah, I like, fine, I like Naomi's but- mom. Naomi likes my mom, but we just don't. Yeah, it, like we just kind like, of don't talk. Andy's mom is also like mm. she's like pretty kind of quiet and no, like I don't know if I'd be vibing with like a seventy-five-year-old white lady anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, where do you meet? You know, exactly. it's like where, what's the the origin and point like, of initially aside from were, Andy? Well, we were like overlapping in, initially on Criminal Minds. You know what I mean? Okay, the TV show. I said, okay, but girl, we go talk procedural. But she's like kind of quiet. She doesn't really want to like key key about stuff. Like her personality is just very mellow, and so I kind of just what, meet her what there. What do you mean? My mom doesn't like to key key. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> so I just kind of meet her there and I'm just, you know, like whatever she, you know, but, um, anywho, but this dynamic, you know, this caller is basically saying what, where does the issue need to be? And I think you and your husband need to have a conversation with the professional and, and I don't know, I don't know where he's at on therapy. If this is going to be something you have to convince him of, or if he's going to be willing, but this is one of those things where it's like, well, let's do like four sessions specifically about this issue mm-hmm. and kind of work on what sort of boundaries we, particularly him, need to put in place with regards to his mother. Because I would imagine this is one of those things, too, where it's like, it's been this way most of his life. Yes. You know, this is not specific to suddenly you being in the picture. You know? I 100% agree. I think that... Um, first of all, I'm really sorry that that's happening because that seems very, just so distressing, so upsetting, especially when you have a child involved. That's Mm -hmm. also, I imagine, very tricky to navigate. Um, and I think that she articulated it really well, that what the issue was and has a lot of insight. And even the question like of what combo people need to go to therapy is so insightful. I agree, Naomi, that the husband 
and you need to go to therapy first together because it is about him drawing his boundaries. And I also saw this great thing on TikTok the other day. I think it was like a family therapist that was basically like, when you are married, you should, a good rule to have is that you argue, argue is the wrong word, but you argue with your people yes. and I argue with mine. That's our rule. That's our rule. Was the therapist them. dancing while they were giving the advice? And, yes. And talk. they were like pointing um, <laughs> and they were, they were dancing to the whole Renaissance album and just giving out so much great <laughs> advice. Um, but like that, because ultimately for the mom to act right, she, the boundaries need to be drawn by her son yep. and her son needs to say, Hey, like, the gift thing, not okay. When we draw a boundary with our child, not okay. Um, mm. Here's where I'm going to take a step back and into a more of a son role. And that has to come from him. Because unfortunately, if you say it, it's still going to come back on him, the, the consequences, and on yes. both of you. So it's like, yeah. you got to streamline the communication. Totally, totally. I'm going to say something radical. I think the mother and son should move to Florida and get married themselves. <laughs> Sounds like that's the that's what should be happening with this. It is that I mean it's 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 such a Gordian knot. Like where do you start untangling? Do you start with the unattentive father who is obviously not giving any kind of affection to his wife, who then seeks that? I mean, it is like uh, calling Doctor Freud. I mean, I it is just like it is I know so well, Freudian. But at the same, but I under, but you know, it's like I kind of relate to this a little bit, like sort of when you know. And again, this is why I'm like, I was even surprised when, when she said um, my, my husband's father, because I didn't know if it was maybe mom had been single right. or that it was like maybe a new husband where um, sometimes people feel as they get older, they have to settle for a person who's not quite it, but more just like company, like another who body. Exists. Yeah, who just like exists <laughs> side by side. I was like, a living body pillow. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, is this what you're doing? You know, and so that surprised me, but it's like that feeling sometimes where it's like, because here's the thing, when you have kids, when you can tell your kid what to do, right? And mm-hmm. your kid is forced to be by your side for the most part. And then they get older and not all parents can handle what it is for your child to go off and make their own life. Right. And not be at your beck and call and be available to you. But then, of course, any kid or most kids, you know, depending on their relationship with the parent where you're like, well, that's my mom. I got to show up for her. Right. Like you're not going to leave her in the lurch. Like she's asking me for help or. Well, you know, I don't know. That's well, that's that's, yeah. that's you. And this is what we deal with all the time. No, no. Team. But I'm just saying like in America, I, th- I don't think or the world. I just don't think that's that's always like I think that is um, I don't know what the statistics are, but I'm just saying that like people like every I think we're socialized and guilted into feeling like this person raised me or this person birthed me. And so I am supposed to drop what I'm doing to show up for them. You know what? I'm going to tell you from uh, my because I my wife and I discuss this all the time, having very different cultural um, contexts. The disagreement that you two just had about what the norm is. I'm more like you, Naomi. I have been socializing and culturally socialized to be that way, but my wife was not. Yeah. If something yeah. happens with her family, that's their problem. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like it's not that she doesn't care. It's just, but like if something goes, especially with my mom, my parents, like I'm like, I, my mom is my number one priority above myself. And my wife does not operate that way. She right. and and I are her number one priority, but that's mm-hmm. but because we just have different cultural contexts. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's I think it is I think it is, I, and also I think some of that context right is maybe changing for us 
generationally because I think you know especially I think Andy and I as people who are like we don't we don't want kids we never did uh we don't have necessarily the same attachment to the traditional family unit mm-hmm. like I don't think that I suddenly have more value if I pro- if I procreate it's no. like that means nothing to me and like also the fact that someone else if you procreate I don't think you have more value now no. than you did before right me no. and the boys the meeting think you got more value <laughs> men's rights meeting yeah <laughs> I've done my part to to spread the gene pool or whatever. But it's like, that's where it's like, you know, a lot of, I think our parents' generation especially were taught that. Because I think sometimes that is the disconnect you have with your with your family as a generation. Because I think your dad, and again, nobody say it, but I be hearing it in the little side comments. They want a little more, they expect us to be a little more present or... Mm have a little resentment towards the fact that we're not sure. I think that the gulf opened up when I started therapy and I think it's just grown over the last decade where I can't, I mean, this has been the focus of my therapy for a long time, which is like, do I want to open up that kind of relationship with them? Or are we okay with this detente Mm. in which we just pleasantly talk about television shows (laughs) and, you know, things like that. And I, I, I have no, I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know the answer to that. And, and so I will always, they will never say the thing that they want to say. And I will only say it in moments of stress a or when I have to when draw you're so a boundary. Yeah. So I will say it, but only when they finally push me to say it and they will never say it. Um, I, yeah. Is that a white thing? I don't know. I mean, not, but but not necessarily. But I mean, certainly the same way you said before. You're like, did Brooke, you know, boarding school or not? I do think it can be very much like cultural, sort of class, and like obviously, like mm-hmm. there's not just one white culture. It's different ways. Like, because you talk about Pennsylvania repression, the same way we're talking about sure. um, boarding like, look, school repression. Like, I'm a perfect example of what happens because you put a Jew in New York. <laughs> we're talking. We're doing all the stuff. We're yelling all that stuff. You take the Jew out of New York. You put. You raise them in Pennsylvania. And they become Amish. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Totally different vibe. We push it all down. I know. But but it's also this thing too. I, I you know, and this is something I know my mom told me years ago, but I always felt where it's like, you know, when you marry a person, you are marrying their family yes. for all that comes with, whether that is a p- parents we don't necessarily see, but maybe they got some drama going on and you got to step up at a dark time or the family that wants you to be around all the time and like you have to do their thing or the parents who are critical and you know, like whatever, where it's like, we always have this joke about how like I knew Andy was in when my mother was like, oh no, Andy, that jacket is too small on you. Yes. Naomi oh me, no. Naomi got me a jacket for Hanukkah. I put it on. And she start, immediately started criticizing me. And we're like, all right, I'm part You're of the family. In. Yeah, because she had not done that for years before. Because it was sort of like, well, he just around. You know, she almost wouldn't even acknowledge that he was real, you know? And then I said, <laughs> oh, now she's telling him that his outfit don't fit. Oh, yeah, you must be it. She's Welcome she's, to the family. <laughs> and that's what love is. Love is that's too small on you. Uh-uh. Yes. Uh-uh. Mm-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> just like, and, I, you know, for our caller, I would also, I one thing I'm curious about, and kind of when you and your husband do go in and talk, because I think a big part of you guys having some sessions with somebody, I think it would be you and maybe him. I don't know how open he is, like how much he's thought about it or vocalized it. Talking about how he feels about this dynamic with his mother, right? Because yeah. there's a stuff that you're just used to. And then there's stuff that you're like, actually, I do resent this, but I don't know how to get out. 
Or there's something where you're like, well, I like showing up for my mom. And then that's going to be on you to figure out a different way to manage that relationship, depending on how he feels about it. It just sounds, yes. but the, the whole, like, no presence, like, the, oh, no, that's, all, that's all that that's stuff is just like. He should have said something, though. To me, but, that's why I'm like, he should have said something. But that's why I like, this is gone. It's not just like a weird relationship. It feels like the mother, again, this is so like weirdly classically Freudian. The mother resents yeah. Her daughter-in-law right. for taking her son away, mm-hmm. who is in her mind not obviously not not actually her husband, but has the husband role because the actual husband is absent. Right, absent. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So it like that's why I'm saying like it's so tangled. All the like, uh, and, and to us it's so obvious that this is what's going on. I wonder if the mother-in-law. Like, is not self-aware of what's happening or, any, or anything like that. But even if she's not, it's on, now her son needs to say, Ma, don't say that stuff. Or, you get know. Get her a fucking present. Get, get her a loofah for Christmas. Like, I need, go to the drugstore. Go to Walmart to get a little kit. You know, it's honestly, that might be rude, or actually, I'd rather you get me nothing than something that I know was at the front of Walgreens. You know, those little things they'll have when it's like, it'll just like it be like a soap, a brush, or whatever. It's like, don't even... Just Don't give me the that. gift card. Give me the gift Mike card and for Ike's. $20. <laughs> Mike and but it's like, you, and that's what I mean more. It's like, I'm more concerned with what he has or hasn't said to his mother about this issue. Yes. But I wonder if he notices that it, that if he has nothing to compare it to, like he only, I assume, has one mom and has had right. this marriage. So he might not even notice that he's swimming in a very um, unhealthy dynamic. Right. Right, exactly, which is, like, it's got to be kind of that and, like, you explaining, like, this This is how this behavior hurts me. Hey, professional, what can we and he do to change this dynamic, right, so mm-hmm. that you're not walking and going, you know, couples therapists, or at least ours, the two we've had, have always been, like, you know, are we trying to work at something or are we trying to like end something? Right? So <laughs> yes. both times he's like, he's like, what's the dynamic here? We look at each other we're like, work on something. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then I, I was so surprised because Brooke and I have done couples therapy. And when the therapist asked like, so are you here to like work on it? Or is this to like wrap things up? We were like, what? But I, <laughs> I get why they have to ask that because yeah. it does make sense. You, you don't want to be working on one thing and, and the people are there for a different thing. Exactly. Or just like, it changes how you approach the sessions, right? Mm-hmm. Well, also to the question, because I also think that's a funny question in that even if somebody would have ended, they probably ain't telling you that in moment one. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, they're not, one ending, please. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and it's like, because, or it's like maybe one person can say it, but is scared to say it, right? Like, it won't come out right away. And I'm like, that's a trick question. You'll figure it out. <laughs> right. Because it's like, if we're, if they're, if the people in that situation are in therapy, they probably are not at the place where they are in a good enough spot to be like, we are both on the same page about going to couples therapy to end things in a nice chill way. Right. Right. I wonder what the percentage is of people who are self-aware enough when they do that. Well, is it, is it self-aware versus, is it, I mean, a matter of self-awareness or fear? Cause it's like, it's scary to say that to a person, especially if you do care about them and you don't want to like hurt them. To sit down and bring them into a room with another person and go, I brought you here to end things. <laughs> when they were like, maybe we're working it out. Ooh, ooh. And then they're like, yeah. like, I think it's hard to say it. So I don't know. I think people go in kind of knowing and you're like, hopefully this other person will say it for me. Right. And then, and then we'll kind of keep going. But wait, mm. Lauren, do you have time for one more question? Yes. 
Okay, okay. Great. This one is, uh, let's do a written one. Okay, let's do a written one. How do you feel about that? I'm okay emotionally. As I vamp, as I open up the... <laughs> you can vamp. <laughs> Anything you want to plug? <laughs> I was like, well, Andy's searching. <laughs> um, Smith Sisters Live. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Every absolutely. weekday on Radio Andy, Sirius XM, Channel 102, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. That, Amazing. of course, is not struck work. I can't believe no, it's not. 6 a.m. It's cuckoo. <laughs> it is. Wait, what time do you have to wake up to do that? I get up at 5.30. Wow. You're a professional. You're a mm-hmm. professional. Up, a si- up recording. I can't even turn it on for like a 9 a.m. Like if I'm starting at 9, I'm like, I'm not awake until 11. Yes. Yeah. 1 p.m. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> this one comes to us from Sophie from an Instagram direct message. Hi, Naomi and Andy. I'm DMing you my question for the pod, but it is sort of long. (laughs) I am a 35-year-old single pansexual woman. I'm not perfect, but I have good qualities. I am accomplished, (laughs) PhD in community psychology, and financially independent. Yes. I also do normal, nice people things like healthy cooking, (laughs) yoga, hiking, and I am nice to my friends and family, well-liked, water my plants, etc. Okay. However... Here's the turn. However, I have been really struggling in this post-apocalyptic hellscape of online dating, which is how most people meet now. I should give some background. I spent most of my 20s and the first part of my 30s in a series of codependent, toxic, monogamous relationships. So I'm trying to switch directions and pursue a relationship that allows me to keep my autonomy and explore who I want to be in a relationship or relationships, which is why I'm venturing into the world of non-monogamous dating, specifically ethical non-monogamy. However, some really big things have happened in my life over the past few years that have changed me fundamentally as a person, which I think are important to share with you. Number one, I am about two and a half years sober. I was also a very accomplished closeted alcoholic while I was working three jobs and going to school full time. Number two, I have experienced a lot of loss in the past few years. My older sister is in the process of dying of stage four pancreatic cancer, oh, which no. lives rent-free in my head 24-7. I am so sorry. Oh, my God. So sorry to hear that. Whew. Also, my ex-fiance died of a fatal overdose this past September. <gasps> oh, my God. He was my you're in it. Yeah. He was my longest and most recent relationship, regardless of our issues. I loved him very much, and I'm taking it pretty hard, of course. I wanted to share these details with you because I'm wondering if I am just not suited for dating. I am able to come across sweet, fun, and interesting at first, but inevitably, when someone gets to know me a little more, all of the sad things about my life come out. I am not having problems getting asked out or finding physical intimacy, but I am having problems finding someone that wants to get to know me more and stick around, even in the non-monogamous capacity, which I have to admit I thought would be easier than it is so far. Honestly, I'm not 100% sure what I'm asking for here, but I know I need help. It would mean the world to me if you could weigh in on what on earth I'm doing wrong in the dating space or how to navigate it better. Love, Sophie. Sophie, honey. Sophie, honey. You are going through so much right now apart from dating. Mm. And so first and foremost, we're saying like, we're so sorry that you're in this and thank you for writing us. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, That's just first and foremost, and we're going to sit with that for a second, and then I'm going to pivot to our guest, Lauren, as someone who um, has been dealing with grief, and as you said, right, like, it also prompted you to go into therapy. Um, What do you you have any, what are your initial thoughts? First of all, I'm I'm so sorry to hear about your sister and your ex-fiance. That is just 
a lot to carry. And my second initial thought is like, you're not doing anything wrong. Sophie, like you are allowed to carry the fullness of who you are and where you are in life into your interactions with other people. It's actually, you know, I've learned in therapy that when you try to like ignore your feelings or like run away from grief and however it manifests, um, is when it, it actually hurts you and hurts the people around you more as opposed to like, being present with your feelings and accepting them as they come, which takes a lot of hard work. I would say that I don't, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I would say some things that may help are if you're, you seem very like insightful and like you're doing a lot of self work. So I'm going to assume that you're already in therapy, but I would say that like, you know, therapy can be dosed out the same way that like pharmaceuticals can. And so like some people are on like maintenance doses of therapy and they're once a week, once every other week, some people are in like the real, like, you know, trenches doing the work and Mm -hmm. stuff. So they're every week. It might be if you're able to do it, you know, budget wise and everything, it might be helpful to like go to like one week you doing every week. And then maybe you do twice a week, once a month or something like that. And another good thing would be to like spread out, um, who your support system is. Mm-hmm. Like there are people I am positive in your life who are willing to provide support to you because a lot of people, when you're going through having a sick relative or you're bereaved, people want to do something. And it's very hard often to find that tangible thing that people can do besides mm-hmm. like bring a casserole. You know what I'm right. saying? So that is the time when someone says, Oh, is there, if there's anything you need, it's like, would you, uh, can we FaceTime or can we take a walk? I just want to talk to somebody that way. You're kind of like planting your seeds of, um, support and spreading it out. So you have a really stable base so that maybe when you're going on a date or you're, um, talking to someone for the first time, you've had the ability and the room and the space to process your feelings with somebody, you know, and feel safe with so that when you show up to the state with someone you can be like, how about those Rams? You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't mean that you, you have to put all of that aside, but it might take su- it takes some of the pressure off. Yes, when you're in such immediate grief and and about to lose somebody, like you're in such a pressure cooker, it just lets some of that pressure out so that it's not the first. You know, it's not the only thing on your docket when you're on a date that might help a little bit. But I also, and I will stop talking. I my last piece of advice is like really um, get out there. Like if you like watering your your plants, you said, see if there's like um, fun events at like a plant shop near you or Mm -hmm. take, um, join a running club or take a language class or um, join a hiking club. Things that like kind of get you to organically meet people because dating online is hell on earth. And that's not, you know, the typical way that some people are programmed to meet people. So like putting yourself out there in friendship based things as a good way to widen your social circle and just meet different types of people and get invited to different types of things and kind of fill your life with things where you can maybe more organically meet people. Yeah. Mm. By the way, as a side note, can we stop with the casseroles? Stop <laughs> Please. bringing grieving people casseroles. Yes. <laughs> Hot cuisine only. If I am <laughs> grieving, I want something delicious. Yes. Okay. okay. You don't yes. want a layer of, you want noodles and layers of proteins. You said, get me Michelin. 
Get me a Michelin star. Michelin only. If <laughs> you Get me are, Red Rooster. Get thank me you. Red Rooster. If someone is grieving, feed their stomach with only the stomach. finest cuisine. I'm also going to say, I'm, here's my, the, my pitch. I agree with everything you said, Lauren. I'm going to say you ain't dating right now, so. I was going to say Great. the same thing. Yes, I, yes, it, yes. But with all the things Lauren said, even especially the things about like going out and meeting people and doing things that are within your interests. Also, you know, there is free, there are free bereavement groups, grief counselors, uh, the, you know, and that's, that's something, you know, you search for it. And it may take you a few, uh, hopping around to a few before you find mm-hmm. the right group of people who you feel comfortable sharing with, you know. But I think that's something that, you know, you are going through it, and I think you are dealing with a lot of stress. Also, as a sober person, you're feeling all of this fully. Yes. A time when you used to numb it, you ain't numbing no more. So you in it, and you're in it fresh. And I think that, you know, even the fact that your question was, what am I doing wrong with dating? That's, to me, part of why you shouldn't be dating. Because you're taking the inherent difficulty of what it is to find a person, especially find them online, make that connection. You're taking like, but because taking that and and saying it's a problem with me, as opposed to this is a difficult thing. Period. Right, and yes. it's because I think part of why you're making it is because you're raw right now. You're raw. You're, you know, you are you're experiencing a stress and anxiety, all the feelings that come with these two. Uh, you know, your sister being in stage four, you know, your ex passing already. That's a lot. And as you said, lives rent free in my head constantly. Like that's always there for you. So there's a rawness there that I, that I think because dating is already putting yourself out there, it is already being vulnerable. And on top of that, you are extra vulnerable. Mm -hmm. This may not be the time to be trying to find any kind of romance, especially because you said you're like, I don't have trouble getting asked out. I don't have trouble hooking up. So it's like, Okay, we could do that then. You can find somebody yeah. and, you know, do that when you need to. But if <laughs> what you're trying to do is, like, start relationships, whether they be monogamous or not, you're trying to start, you know, connections that ideally last over time. You know, I don't know if right now this is the time. And, you know, there is maybe a part of you that feels like, but I want the distraction of it. I want the excitement of it. We all want the butterflies of dating. But with everything you're feeling and the rawness and the... I just, I just don't know if you add the dating process to this right now. Get Tears of the Kingdom. I got to tell Zelda, you. Zelda. 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 Tears of the Kingdom. Uh-huh. I got to say, it's a great distraction. <laughs> it relaxes me. Play a little bit before I go to bed. That's the thing. That's, that's the thing that's been helping me in the last, uh, well, video games in general, the last three years. It's in lockdown. I got a yeah. switch. Yeah. You started that. Same. And uh, it's been. <laughs> It's been really, that's not to say don't, like, this is not to say repress this stuff. Obviously, I I mean, uh, Sophie has a uh, a doctorate in clinical, in something psychology. I forget what, my phone shut off. (laughs) So, you know, repressing this stuff, the energy just comes out in weird ways otherwise. So it's not about repress. It's about, again, you're sober. So uh, I assume you're going to meetings. uh, If not, maybe find some meetings to attend um uh your therapy like like you're talking the stuff out 
also, if you're not going to date, find a way to have fun. Right. I mean, well, yes. a lot of stuff is happening that's outside of your control, and that's the hardest part, right? And so you can't control this stuff. And so it's like these moments like, what can you do that's, that's fun and ideally distracting? You know, sometimes you may be taking an hour by hour in this life. You know what I mean? Yes. You may have a week, some weeks and some days where you're like, honey, I'm just getting to 9 a.m., then I'm going to get to 10. <laughs> and that's, you know what I mean? Like, and that's all you can do. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're being a person where it's like, okay, me waking up in the morning and, like, brushing my teeth and, like, giving, getting myself coffee and, like, taking my dog outside, that is, like, some of those things are extras. Like, getting yeah. up in the morning, brushing my teeth, and... And not wailing into the void or wailing into the void and then moving on from it. Like, that's sometimes all that you can do when you're in grief. And so the extras are, you're not messing up or failing if you can't get to all the extras every day. Yeah. Yes. And I think dating is a big extra. extra. Big extra. Like, oh. it's extra. It's huge. It's huge. It's like, it's no, that's, that's a like lot not, of energy. Yeah. Just think about the energy we put out just to talk to someone over Zoom. Yes. <laughs> Now imagine if you were trying to get that person to fall in love with you. <laughs> like, it's too much. It's, it's so much. much work. And so that's why I think the big thing, too, is like, I think everything's like, you're not doing anything wrong. There is nothing wrong with you that finding a romantic connection is hard. Like, this is not unique to you. you like, you know, because it's almost like you wanted to make a case for why you were a good person. The mm-hmm. top of your email was like, look at what I've done. And I am nice. And I am good to my friends. Why is this? It's like, this is not about your value. You're good. Yeah. It's not. Like, it's just, it's really, really fucking hard. And given everything you're dealing with, I just don't think you should put, make yourself go through the difficulty of it right now. This dating shit is like, I always say, I would not wish being single on my worst enemy. <laughs> like, no. like it's, or rather, not even being single. I would say that. It is dating. Not that, right? Because I'm like, single, if you're free and happy, live. But I mean the act of dating. Because <laughs> also, like, people, you know, a lot of people are great. A lot of people suck. When you're dating, like these people don't care about you and they're not going to treat you with care and, and when you're in fragile mode, you know? Yeah. And so it's like you don't want to accidentally injure yourself more by like putting yourself in a situation where someone who doesn't have the same care for you that a family or friend would, mm-hmm. you know, ruining your day just because they're like trying to get laid, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my Lord. Everybody's hard and life is oh, struggle. <laughs> like and, and remember, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. <laughs> then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Mark 417. Mark 417. Mark 417. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Lauren. 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 Thank you so much for coming through. What a delight. Thank you. I adore you too. I truly do. Okay, I'm honored. I'm honored. And also like, it's also so nice to know that Brooke is actually messy because she, because she's a cool customer, I just assume she doesn't like me and that's like me about anybody who's not effusive. Like anytime someone's like, you're chill, I'm like, I did it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We project our insecurities on that immediately (laughs) Immediately. within microseconds. I was like, I haven't won you. I haven't won you. Um, (laughs) So it's like really nice to know. So this also gives me something to look forward to the next time I see you guys IRL so that's beautiful
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.